for tuning in to Mystic Witch. I'm your host, Blue. You can find out more about me at bluejunetarot.com. Mystic Witch is a podcast about magic, divination, and all things supernatural. Witches. Today we have with us Stephanie Ulrich, a psychic channel and author of Healing with Serpents of the Unimaginable, in which she explains how she channels cosmic healing information through snakes, opening portals of limitless, unimaginable upgrades with their clients. She offers psychic snake readings in Portland, Oregon, where she lives with her limitless snake, Shesha Ananta from Naga. Ananta has guided Stephanie throughout timelessness, and she channels this information for their clients. We invite you to explore your limitlessness with us today. Hello, Stephanie. How are you? Oh my gosh. So happy to be here. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you today about your amazing practice. Yes. (laughs) So my first question What is the magical tool you use most often and how do you use it? Wow. So I think that I'm just going to go with the thing that came most naturally to, to that question, which is I use a lot of emotional movement. So I'll use uh, humorous movement, which people see a lot on my Instagram. I'll do a lot of sensual movement. I'll do um, a lot of like highly energized movement, like riding my bike or dancing really hard. And these are really um, great ways that I clear my system, which I, I, I love them. Nice. That's a great yeah. answer. So how do you feel about the term snake charmer? <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, <laughs> it is a funny thing for a human to think that they're the one that's in charge of the human snake (laughs) dynamic, right? Um, (laughs) So sure, there might be some people who are more aligned with snakes than others, but as far as somebody actually being the human who charms the snake, I really always think that the power is in the snake over the human. Yeah, a little humility, folks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, please forgive the Harry Potter reference, but you know, they supplied us with more terms we needed than than I ever realized. (laughs) But you say you've always been able to speak parcel tongue. Can you can you tell us more about that and your history with it? Yeah. Um so my nonverbal psychic language has been really prominent ever since I was a kid. I can remember being a kid and realizing that people actually thought they needed words to communicate. And that was kind of when I started talking at school. Um, I was really, I was even mute at school until like fourth grade. Uh, so, so my, my silence really, um, opened up a lot of connectivity with animals. And I always had a really special interest in snakes. Um, the second that I could read, I was checking all of the snake books out at the library. 
And um, I just instinctually knew that I could talk to snakes. I played snake. When people played house, I didn't play baby. I played snake. Uh, <laughs> it was a whole thing. <laughs> so when I went to the zoo for the first time and met a uh, a collection of snakes, I, I realized pretty quickly that I could speak to each of them. I went up and I, I put my hand on, um, each of their terrariums and I said, hello. And most of them put their heads up to say hello to me. And there was another girl my age in the room with me while I was doing that. And she just screamed and cried and said that I was a witch and went running out. And that was the first time I had ever been given that label before. But I just thought that if that defined what I just did, that that was great. (laughs) Yeah. So that was really my, my first awakening into that, that ability to fluidly speak to them. That actually is a lot like the scene from the movie. Just say Absolutely. Thank you, Harry Potter, for all of your useful (laughs) vocabulary. (laughs) So fast forward to 2010, uh, when you had a long series of snake dreams, or should I say nightmares? Yeah, they were terrible. Yeah. Would you be willing to tell us about a couple of them? Definitely. (laughs) Um, So I... When these dreams started, I was dealing with some PTSD. And I, at first, when the nightmares started, I just continued to think that I needed to massage some PTSD out. It was just, you know, a, a red flag of some sort of mental distress. And and I, I kept working with myself by day, but by night, these nightmares were plaguing me. It was like three or four nightmares a week for almost a year where I was in this situation of being both in love and both completely in fear of a snake who I was trying to save. And each time the snake would lash out at me, it was a different snake. It was big snakes. It was little snakes. Um, it was like one of these snakes was a huge black snake. Uh, and, and they all were telepathically talking to me, but the dream was just so stressful because I was so conflicted in, in my move of how to save them. Um, and, and they were terrifying, you know, they weren't, (laughs) they weren't safe snakes for me to be around. And, um, when I got my first snake was when those dreams stopped. Well, the dreams turned into, um, dreams all about my new snake who told me her name was Ananta. You got the snake because you wanted to face your fears. I imagine. Definitely. Yeah, that was, that was my best solution. Um, when I realized that this chronic fear kept popping up along with this chronic love, I, I just cast a, uh, list of requirements for my snake out into the universe. And I was really just thinking like, my job is done here. I surrendered. So the fear will stop. And lo and behold, a few weeks later, a six-year-old girl came up to me and put my 
what would become my snake in my hands and said, my snake matches your glasses. And that was <laughs> the beginning of me realizing that this snake met all of my requirements. Oh, yeah. So do you want to talk about with us Ananda's transition? Yeah. Um, so I had no idea what Ananta meant. When I first brought Ananta home, I was going through the crystal Bible. I was going through Google. I was looking for gemstone names and she did not want any of that. And she was very explicit that her name was Ananta. And I saw that that was a famous snake on Google. So I was just like, okie dokie then that's you. And I didn't really, um, think more about what that name meant until we started to do these readings. So that's years later, I've gone through so much. She's pulled me through so many unimaginable upgrades and had shown me visions of starting psychic snake readings. So, um, we really had to pick apart too what that was going to be like, <laughs> but we had gone to book our first event and I got back to the car with her and for whatever reason, I just started bawling. And I said, Ananta, if I start this work with you, what happens if you die? And she just very explicitly said, then you will know the true meaning of the name Ananta. <gasps> Oh my God. And so when, intense. So she's yeah. Very intense, <laughs> <laughs> very intense, epic personality. And so, um, I just knew that she knew what to do. And I just followed that. Um, and we were in Northern California last year while, uh, we were doing a, a tour of group psychic snake readings. When we were in a really bad accident, I was put into ICU and she ended up passing and she wasn't the first being that I have walked to death. And of course, like this was all terrible, right? Like I'm just freshly out of ICU um, and I, I ushered her into death and I, I scribed for her and she told me that this was the beginning of me understanding the next adventure in my, in my interpretation and fathoming of limitlessness. And she told me the day that she would return. She told me how she would return in two separate bodies. And she told me to prepare and that until then she would be within me. And that was a very intense healing process from, from that car accident, uh, to have, to have her, being within me, instructing me on how to eat and how to heal every day was, uh, intense, but she did show up, uh, in the form of new snakes on the specific day that she said she would, which was January 16th, 2019. What? Yeah. <laughs> so life is pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a, what a year. Um, so <laughs> I am continuing to 
learn through this process what it means to um, to be a limitless serpent in a multi-dimensional, ever expanding, ever um, can contracting, ever contracting universe, and um, it's just such an honor to bear witness to all of this. Yeah, amazing. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure people ask you this, and I'm aware that gender is a social construct, but um, I notice that sometimes you use non-binary pronouns as well for her. Uh, but what yeah. what do you have to say to anyone who asks you why Sheshanaga is indicated to be male in the Bhagavad Gita and Ananta Shesha presents as female to you? Right. So... Um she doesn't always present as female to me. Sometimes she presents as male. Oh, um, she's fluid. Yeah, it has to do with her, their ability to reincarnate through timelines as if they almost don't exist throughout the interdimensional realities that we live in. And so oh. just sometimes she appears within a like male body and sometimes she doesn't. Um, and then sometimes it's a whole they situation because <laughs> I'm dealing with like over a hundred iterations of them. Um, and, and it's, really fascinating to see the fluidity of gender throughout an expansive dissolving of the timeline. It's of course, like as you were talking, I realized her whole thing is limitlessness. Of course. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) I just love her so much. She's amazing. I, yeah, she's just such a um, deity and force to behold. It's incredible. I have no words for the enlightenment that she's offered me. Um, it's it's amazing. It's amazing to work with her. I just want to take a moment to share with everybody the uh, release that she did for me. Of course, some of it's too much information. It's TMI for the show, but you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm very Mm -hmm. grateful for her offering that service to me. I, I feel, I feel lighter and I feel cleansed and it's really, really beautiful. And she showed up. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. She showed up several times this week. As soon as you agreed to be on the show, my roommate had a snake dream. She she doesn't remember, so I couldn't give you details. And then this morning, she fell out of a book. A card about her (laughs) fell out of a book this morning. She's like, bitch, I'm coming. You know, it's how it's somehow how they operate. A lot of our clients will have dreams about her before they even know about us. Uh, They'll find us and just know that they've had a dream about us. Um, so many people are very weirded out by this too, obviously. Um, and I think people are scared of snakes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and it's it's not even necessarily the psychological fear of snakes, but then like uncovering and unveiling the sense of limitlessness that exists within them can be hugely alarming 
to to the human brain. Our neurology is not necessarily built to thrive in limitlessness and unimaginable upgrades. It's really something that we can train for and we can build stamina into, but it's not our contemporary human society common belief. So, um, oh, wow. So there's all of that. Uh, I think that I, I just started to channel a little bit. So from here on, I'll just be really uh, clear with when it's me talking and when it's the snakes talking, because that's starting to happen. Perfect. I love yeah. it. I definitely want to hear everything that <laughs> they have to say. Yeah. So, so you did say, um, I'm quoting you, from an emptied space of surrender is where my snakes began to speak to you through me. We dissolve mm. limitations, shift timelines, and welcome unimaginable upgrades for all. Can you tell us more about the space that you emptied? What is that space and and how did you empty it? Yeah. So to keep my consciousness, my ability to connect psychically, to channel, I adhere to a really strict lifestyle that allows me to exist in a really meditative space a lot of the time. So um, I am very aware of the the empty spaces, the spaces that molecularly exist between um, matter and the next matter. And um, that's a space that unimaginable upgrades exist in. It's a space of the unknown. And so much of the time, our, our minds will flare up at it within fear of an unknown, but to be able to really embrace that and to know that that unknown is also a possibility for unimaginable upgrades really gears the perceived reality to be able to tap into so much of that information. And, um, the snakes have talked to me about that space as the space of the unmanifest. So when I really want to zap myself just into that space of, of emptied, uh, I focus on the, the dimension of the unmanifested and what is it when nothing has been manifested. And that is really a, a comforting space for me to exist in. Wow. Yeah. I know it's it's kind of off topic, but um, if you've ever seen The Good Place, which is an amazing mm-hmm. show about the afterlife, this sort of reminds me of where Janet goes when she's not doing work. The dark. Oh, interesting. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like now that is that has just now shifted into a metaphor for what you were just describing now. That's what I I'm going to see Janet's dark space as that forever. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. I love Janet. Pia. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> the show is just so genius. I love it. It is. <laughs> so, of course, we want to know more about the unimaginable upgrades and limitlessness. So, the serpents that I work with, the snakes that I work with specialize and have always specialized in ushering human consciousness into a state of limitlessness. I found ethically, um, morally, and just for 
conscious health, the, the, Easiest way to tap into limitlessness is within the combination of an unimaginable upgrade consciousness. So limitlessness then becomes not something to be afraid of, but something to be outrageously open to. And it was really within unimaginable upgrade consciousness that I was able to become the state of wellness that I exist in right now. Um, I, I was really debilitated with, uh, advanced late stage Lyme disease a few years ago, like in a wheelchair, very, very hard times. And it was really through massaging this, this protocol of unimaginable upgrades into my consciousness that I was able to, um, break through my reality and find a different path. And so now that's something that the snakes and I work with, with every client there's, um, every client session evolves around that person's unique path to their most direct unimaginable upgrades. And it's just so amazing to see the freedom and vitality that comes through when you really start to open that up in your mind. Wow. So each person's pathway to those upgrades is completely unique. Oh, absolutely. Um, We are all one, as in we all live on this planet and we all live within this atmosphere. However, we're also very unique in our symbiosis with the planet and the cosmic entity and energy that surrounds us. And so really allowing space for everybody's unimaginable upgrades to be within a different path allows more wellness and holistic cosmic energy to just flow through us and begin to co-create, which is really um, where you want to be within unimaginable upgrades is within an alignment where you're co-creating with your own cosmic symbiosis, which snakes are amazing at. That's why they've lived on this planet for millions of years longer than us. (laughs) They have it down. They know it. It's like, it's like child math to them. Um, and so (laughs) that is, uh, just, they always know what to say there. (laughs) So it's interesting. Um, I'm thinking of the word ease for me specifically mm-hmm. was, was mm-hmm. the word you kept sort of coming back to and yeah. what Ananta was like wishing upon me or mm-hmm. sending my direction or opening up, I guess is the right way to put it, opening up. Yeah. My- so is there, um, is there usually like one phrase that opens that up? It, it, yeah, that's so interesting. Those key phrases seem to shift as the seasons shift. So um, the upgrades that I have been witnessing this season have been um, reminding clients to allow ease in, allowing clients to feel free to have 
fun, to Mm. even feel free to be stupid, to really allow that seriousness of the year to kind of dissolve away from us as we move into, um, our, our newness, our newness is always, but anytime there's, there's a, a collective ritual, like the holiday season, there's this immense collective ability to step into newness. And so allowing that via ease is, um, is really a focus of, of, the readings and of the snake's wisdom right now. Wow. I love that. Last night I was thinking about, um, how this, how these shifting seasonal messages affect the Southern hemisphere as well. That, um, so, well, I'll just share a little bit of a channeling right now because uh, I, I think that it will just be applicable. But the snakes say that it's really important for this season and this now to recognize that the veils did start to thin around the end of October, but it's part of our human short-term memory to just forget about that as it comes into the holiday season. And so for us in the Northern Hemisphere, This means that we are experiencing extremely thinned veils. We're experiencing colder weather and we're simultaneously called to connect with everybody. Well, the snakes actually say that this is the perfect time to connect with the infinite use. And then on the Southern hemisphere, it's a completely different environmental experience where those veils are thin. It's mid-summer. And it is, I mean, it's really kind of a midsummer dream, right? To have all of these veils thinning, to be able to talk to your, your infinite selves within this like beautiful healing sunlight. And so it's just fascinating to me to see that, um, globally, we may be going through similar messages, but, um, environmentally, we're experiencing them so differently. It's so beautiful. I love the idea of sitting in the sun and also convening with spirit freely. Yes. (laughs) It's interesting that you brought that up because I talked about this in my Halloween special um, about the, how the veil will continue to get thinner. Um, So I'm so glad to remind everyone. Thank you so much for saying that. It's, it's absolutely It's so important. The snakes say that the veils have continued to thin, and this is our annual um, rhythm. It's also like our annual souls transcendent into further limitlessness, and that it's been kind of a, a... human confusion that this time means connect with people outside of us when it really is a thinned veil that allows us to connect with all of the us's that have shown up for this season, who will show up for this season. And they've been really clear in telling people that when you feel a stressor at this season, so often of the time, it's not the situation that's in front of you, but an inner child or a future self who's 
pulling you into connecting deeper with them at that moment that they have something to say about that interaction. And so this like interconnectivity that can happen is just so potent right now. Is there anything else that the snakes have to add for the collective? They say to just drink a lot of water, to know that we are all one. The water is our planetary continuum. So if you want to connect further with yourself, with the world, with the people around you, recognizing water within all is a really beautiful way to begin unifying yourself with with your your natural alignment and, and really just replenishing all of that we have hundreds of millions of cells that are dying at every instant. So replenishing yourself with the planetary continuum is just such a holistic and beautiful way to heal you as you continue to work and show up for yourself. Oh, I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I have two more questions. Um, I'd love for you to elaborate on all the us's. Are yeah. we talking about like our consciousness that's been like subatomically stored on a quantum level? Are right. we talking? Yeah. <laughs> let's let's dive into this. Let's do so, it. So the snakes do not adhere to linear time. They adhere to experience in the limitless now. And as humans, we can know that we've been many different ages. We have all of these different memories. We can remember being in elementary school. We can remember being 19 and and so on and so forth into a snake. Those are all versions of you that exist limitlessly in a now in a multidimensional existence. And so while those versions of you are all inside of you within this body that we're experiencing in the present, um, a snake sees you as your soul within all of the past life selves that you've in quote, been, um, all of the future selves that you in quote will be, I'm saying in quotes because of the construct of the linear time, time. um, right. And so they see really the similarity between all of these iterations of you that, that, um, existence has experienced with you. And so that is, um, you know, we'll very fluidly talk to uh, clients' past life and future life selves, younger selves, future selves, because all of those parts of you are existing right now. Oh, I love that. So, so beautiful. Absolutely. Ah. We are limitless, amazing, experiencing um, entities in, in a wonderful place. So, (laughs) and is that what you mean by endless cosmic information? Yeah. So all of us have endless information that is a code between us and the limitless cosmos. And so when we're working with clients, we are, 
I mean, I am open and I'm looking into information and the snakes are showing me different visuals and giving me different like keynotes to read off as, um, as this information is limitless in topic. I haven't experienced a topic that the snakes won't talk about. Um, a lot of the time they explore a topic in a way that humans totally wouldn't expect, but, um, the the information that surrounds us and this complex coding is really diverse and really beautiful. Everybody has it. It reminds me of my favorite meme that I ever made, which is just a picture <laughs> of space, made. and it says, uh, the universe is infinite, keeps expanding anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, mad, mad respect universe. <laughs> <laughs> right? What, wait a second example. <laughs> oh, I have just absolutely had a blast with you. Um, but we're going to wrap it up here. Is there yeah. any, anything else you want to add before we do last plugs? Wow. Um, it's just so much fun to be here with you and everybody right now. Thank you for, for having us on and to the (laughs) listeners. Thank you for listening to all of this. Uh, I am here in support of you and your infinite unimaginable upgrades and just feel free to reach out to us anytime. This is what we're here for. So let's get uh, let's get your website so people can yeah. read your book. Cool. So my website is stephanieulrich.com. And if you scroll to the very bottom of my website, you can purchase the book. My Twitter and Instagram accounts are both at Snake Channeler. And how can clients book a session with you? Ah, um, clients can book a session with us by going to the website and filling out a contact form. You can also feel free to DM me on Twitter or Instagram and we'll get back to you. Perfect. I'll make sure I put the website address in the show notes. So check that Wonderful. out. Wonderful. Okay. All right. Stay mystic, witches. Oh yeah. Stay mystic, witches. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to Mystic Witch on any of your favorite platforms. And you can show your support by contributing monthly at anchor.fm or on our Patreon page. Follow us on social media to hear exclusive audio clips from our guests at Mystic Witch Podcast. <laughs>